0: Welcome to MyPersonalFootballCoach.com's Soccer Player Development Podcast. Discover all the secrets, hints and tips about soccer player development and soccer coaching from some of the leading figures in world soccer. Here's your host, Saul Isaacson-Hurst.
1: Hi guys, Saul here back from MyPersonalFootballCoach.com Today we've got a very special podcast Um, just one of my good friends and uh, someone I really look up to Michael Beal had a very eventful few days so he was keen to come on and just uh, clear up what exactly happened in terms of him leaving Sao Paulo so really interesting so without further ado I'll let Mickey get on with it and tell you uh, what exactly has been going on So Mickey Beal, thanks for joining us uh, how
0: are you mate? Really a pleasure to join you again.
1: Thanks very much. So it's been uh quite eventful um few days for you, obviously. Uh do you wanna just obviously maybe give the listeners a bit of a just a breakdown of what's happened?
0: Yeah, obviously I I, I spent I've just entered the seventh month here in Brazil and uh, and the project had changed a little bit from what I agreed to to when I, when I left Liverpool to come here was a very exciting project and something that I really believed in and over time, for different reasons the project had changed a little bit and and, and, and was maybe going in a direction that, that maybe I didn't believe in 100% and I leave the club it's, a, it's an unbelievable club, Sao Paulo in terms of the size and the fans and, and, and the people within the club as well are very, very good people but ultimately I think you have to believe in the project and, and at the time... I just, uh, my energy towards it and and my focus towards it was waning and, and I just, I wanted to be honest with everybody, you know. I didn't want to stay in a job that that, that ultimately was unfulfilling because of the direction it was going in. So I leave with a lot of friends and, and no animosity whatsoever. I have to say I think the club have dealt with the, the situation with class, which which is, I'm really f- thankful for.
1: Obviously, there's been a lot of talk in the media recently about, you know, with issues with the family, setting and stuff like that. Do you just want to just... Uh... Talk about that a bit. Maybe is that was that one of the main things that made you leave?
0: No, well, when I first came in January, um, you know, it was, it was my wife's decision for me to actually she was very fully supportive of me coming to Brazil and I wouldn't have come unless unless her and the children were coming. I spent January and half of February here uh without them because I needed to come. We did a pre-season in Florida and I needed to come and, and make sure that we had a house to live in and everything was set. And then they stayed from sort of mid-February to May. But we had a small problem with the visa uh, situation where um, when I went to pick up my visa, my family were attached to the visa. But uh, unfortunately, the people that were helping me within the club um, didn't realise my family had to travel with me to, to pick up the visa. So my family were without a visa to stay here. So they had to leave after 90 days and spend a, you know, a couple of months back in England before they could come back. And that's the moment, I think, where people are misunderstanding the adaptation because it's hard. If you have a three- and five-year-old son to live without him for seven weeks on the other side of the world and to miss birthdays and and wedding anniversaries and, and things like that, that was very, very difficult. But it's not a reason for me leaving. The family are back here now. They're very happy in Brazil. There's nothing not to be happy about. The weather's very good. You know, we're lucky enough to live in a nice house with a park opposite and a swimming pool and and a gym facility on our complex. You know, the life's very, very good. We go out a lot to eat as a family. So it's not true that the family didn't adapt. You know, they're learning. They're trying to learn the language. Um, But it's a case that they can only stay in Brazil for 180 days this year until we get the visa. They stayed 90 days, they had to leave, and they can stay another 90 days now to mid-August. So it's not a case of um, the family not adapting. And, you know, My wife, she loves the weather. We've, uh, our, my parents live in Spain, and the lifestyle here is very similar to the lifestyle they have in Mallorca. So it's, not a, you know, it's something that I would love to work abroad again one day. So it's something that I'm keen to dismiss.
1: Looking back then, reflecting now, do you maybe regret leaving Liverpool then to go to, to Sao Paulo?
0: No, 100% it was the right decision to make at the time that I made it. And I've had a fantastic experience here in Brazil working abroad. And I think that you know it's better to be honest when uh, things are going wrong than to try to stay into a situation for too long that you don't think you can ultimately control. And, and I think that that's important. Uh, that's important to understand me as a person and what gets me... To what motivates me—the opportunity to come here to Brazil and learn a second language—and my Portuguese is never going to be perfect, but it's enough to get by in football terms. Um, and I've grown on that massively. To learn another culture, be part of a club—the biggest club that I believe in South America, certainly the biggest club in Brazil—in in terms of you know history—and to to work with some of these players has been something that I look back on with huge amount of pride and. As I say, I'm not running away from Brazil. I have one or two opportunities to maybe discuss in terms of staying here. Um, and I'm never one never to look back. The time at Liverpool was fantastic. If I ever have an opportunity in the future to maybe go back and work at Liverpool, it's something that I'll always consider because I believe in the people and I believe in the plan that the owners have for the club there. Um And so, no, it's been a fantastic experience, and I wouldn't want to ever um, put anyone um, in doubt if they had a similar opportunity, whether to take it or not, because Brazil, for me, is football, and the talent here and the passion for the game is amazing. And I've also had the opportunity to play in a stadium of 52,000 fans in a derby against the Corinthians, to win against Palmeiras, to win against Santos, to travel the country, uh, I have to say, it's a it's a country that people talk about too often in negative terms, but the beauty of the country and the people is, um, is something that everyone should experience. So, I would say to all coaches, if you get a chance to work abroad and you believe in what the club is telling you, you should go for it. You, you've got nothing to lose. You're doing something that very few English coaches have the opportunity to do.
1: What would you say the main things you've learned then from this experience have been in terms of what, how have you changed as a coach? Obviously, now you, you worked with first-team football, work in another culture. What are the main takeaways from this experience?
0: Well, I can read Portuguese very well now, and I can read Spanish. It's opened me up so, to like a great resource of books about coaches that we love back in England, like your Bielses, your Sampaoli's, your Simeone's. It's opened me up to a load of literature that we're not able to have in England. So that's been beautiful in terms of, of me learning. Also, I've had a lot of downtime in my family ain't here, which has made me able to have time to think and process a lot of information. Basically, what I was doing in England that was good and what now I understand from South American players that I maybe need to give. I think the, the real... Big one is, we have that saying in England of training at the speed that you play, but there has to be time for playfulness and creation. And Brazilian players are unbelievable this natural ability to create, to improvise, to outplay. In every position in the team, they have these lovely qualities. And they're very much less position-specific in terms of, you know, that boy there is the central defender, that boy there is a lateral uh, lateral, sorry, uh, a fullback um, or that boy is a just a centre-forward because they have a real range of skills and techniques and when I look at a Barcelona play that's very much the case there as well you might have a PK that's a central defender because he's six foot plus but he's a central defender that can, can easily handle the ball to play in midfield and obviously you have a Mascarana that drops between the positions so it's reconfirmed some faults on that Um, It's also reconfirmed the thoughts that different cultures view football in different ways. And and that's important when you're working in some of the biggest clubs in the world, that you have players from different backgrounds. So you have to manage them differently. And so it's reconfirmed the need for one-to-one is is very, very important. uh, But I have to say that there's not been a negative experience. I tried to stop. While well, the experience was very positive. There's not been a disagreement with any people. It was just the feeling that I had probably a month that that maybe the, the direction the club was going in was a step too far for me. Let's
1: just go back to that, Mickey, you talked about you talked about previously when we chatted about, you know, rehearsing, um, not playing at that tempo. Could you talk about that a little bit more? Like what is what do you specifically mean about that? I mean, coming what does that look like in practice?
0: Well I that- we had a day here where the, the coach Rogero was, was a great man. He you know, he, he said to me it was a day before a game and we'd done our tactical bit, he wanted to do that first and after he said, Look, I'm just gonna play 11, 11, two touch, half a pitch, I'm not gonna rest, I'm just gonna let them play, just for them. And we play like six or seven minutes, two touch, six or seven minutes all in. And I was like, Wow, that's a bit wishy washy for me. I'm not I'm not okay with that. <laughs> the day before the game, I don't think we need it. And he's like, No no Mick, it's very important for the players and, and how they feel. And I stood back and watched this song and it was like, wow. Like literally, wow. People playing in every positions, one of the goalies joining in the outfield, the smiles on the faces, the improvisation that I saw, some of the combination playing, some skills that I'd never seen before in these players in terms of our general training was coming out. And I was like, wow. And I've always had this thing about when you have a young player, put him in front of you and say, go on, show me what you can do with a ball. And a lot of English players will look at you puzzled, what do you mean? No, no, like, come and show me what you can do. Just show me what you what you're able to do with that football. And the Brazilian players are beautiful at it because I think they practice, practice, practice. They have an outdoor lifestyle. And that becomes, you know, the ability to outdo each other with the ball and, and to be able to do something the next player can't do is beautiful. And them sort of like games of freedom. And then I would watch players, the weather here is different, so I'd watch players stay out or go out before training, and just be working on things together, and and it's something, i go back to Paul McGuinness, and if you get a chance to interview him, and please j- jump at that opportunity, because Paul McGuinness, the ex Night youth coach, spoke about that with players like Pogba, and Jesse Lingard, and Rashford, and Yanezai, when they were coming through, that just giving him a ball between the two, and one of them being like a moving mannequin for the other one, just to practice his moves and then transfer the ball across and let him. And I call them skill sets. And when I was at Liverpool, they were a, a, a crucial part of our training every single morning. And I actually got to the stage where skill sets become very specific. And I didn't really feel the need to step in and coach unless a player asked me or unless it was essential because it was their time to, to uh, I, don't I don't know, know just, just to feel the ball and just... Rehearse, and everyone rehearses in different ways. If you saw the best actors in the world, someone would have to. One actor would have to be very um, passionate and active, and another actor might just sit in a corner and just mold things over in their mind because they have very good vision. uh, You know, um, the ability to see things in their mind. So each player is different, and and I think it's important that we just open up. that aspect to players, without being too complex in the talking of why we're doing it, just giving them the time to do it is everything. I think the adults don't have to explain everything; they just have to facilitate and give time to things.
1: Thinking about that, then you know your experience with Brazilian players and their, you know, their ball mastery for a better word, their excellence on the ball. How you know you say, so for instance, say you do, for argument's say come back to England. I mean, how can you uh, implement that? How can you try and? breed that same quality with English players something maybe that obviously well something that you know there is a little bit of a gap in between the Brazilian and the English boys maybe
0: I think I was lucky so I think that I was already working at a, at a level and this is reconfirmed really that I was doing a lot it's giving more confidence more conviction in the way that I was working so I'm really excited to to arrive in another club and um, when the opportunity arises or another association to start that work and continue that work that I was going down on the individual and the outplay and the skill sets and making it very personal around relationships. And you know, you only train for a uh, 90 minutes or two hours a day. So therefore there are, there's a number of hours coaching in terms of just subtle conversation or prompting of players that happens outside the pitch that I think has 75% influence on what happens inside because it builds focus and motivation. And so I'm really excited. I think uh, sometimes a first-year environment not as personal as you would like it to be. I'm not ruling out going into a first-year environment. I'm just trying to, if I do, add um, the brilliant personal development things into that environment, if I do. If not, I'm happy to go back and use development because it's my passion. Development's my passion. And I think that... Um, I don't think I have many, I think there's the obviously there's a the cultural problem and there's a starting point problem. I came here, the young players are Brazilian and technically very good. The starting point was already very high and wherever I land next and whatever culture or country or whatever team, the starting standard might be slightly less. But what I will say is the best players at Chelsea and Liverpool would still be the best players in, in Brazil. So it still comes down to opportunities at the top. We do have very, very good players back in England, as hopefully the Under-20
1: World Cup showed. So I mean, talk about that a bit there. But you know, so what is next then for you? Literally, I mean, what's what is your ambition to go? What's your ambitions next? What's the next step for you potentially?
0: And I'm not in a rush to leave Brazil. I have I have one or two meetings this week with some people that I've held off. Um, that I would like to have before I leave. I want to say my goodbyes to the club in in the right and correct manner because there's working relationships there that may continue in the future. But then it's a matter of coming home. I generally don't have anything fixed at the moment. Um, I had some opportunities thrown at me a couple of months ago and and resisted to continue the the journey here. So it's a matter of coming home and maybe taking stock. Um, It's important that... that, um, that I'm a dad for a little while because for all the time my two boys have been alive I've worked six or seven days a week so it's nice to spend a little bit of time being a dad and, and, and being a home dad for a while I think I'm going to enjoy it and then I'm, I'll see what comes I'm a young coach financially it's important that I work it's important that I that I go out and keep my mind moving, but I'm open to anything. I'm certainly open into in, in working abroad again, or even staying here in Brazil if, if the if the project's right. So it's just a matter of seeing what comes in, and if if I'm not lucky enough to have an offer coming school, then I'll be I'll be begging someone to give me a job, you know. And I think with players, you say you have boots will travel, well, I have cones will travel, mate. I'm not I'm not too fussy. Let's see what comes and. Uh, for me it's about people it's not about club or status it's about the people you work with and the and the project you know the process that they want to the the journey they want to go on
1: and finally then Mick you know any word of advice for a coach another coach who maybe has got an opportunity to go abroad would you maybe look back and give them some you know some bits golden bits to take on board
0: Yeah. yeah I think that um support mechanisms around you know where you live uh transport and things like that need to be taken out of the way for you because that can bring a lot of stress on you as a as a coach that wants to go in and just work on football you need to look at why you're doing well now in the environment you're in and how many of them things are transferable or how many of them things are taken away from you so your outside life what makes you the person you are because that makes you the coach you are so you have to make sure them things are in place don't be frightened when you first are speaking to a club to really interview them and to make sure that things are watertight because you're at the strength, strongest when you first join. And then I would say go and embrace it. Really go and embrace it. Don't pack tea bags. Don't pack your favourite HP sauce and that in your suitcase. You don't need it. Go and embrace the country. Embrace the people because then people are bringing you and then embrace you back. And then really just go with your eyes and ears open and, uh, and, and take from the experience because you're doing something that very, very few English coaches get the opportunity to do. So firstly, you should be very, very proud, and then you should try to gain the respect of the people you're working with. And, you know, football's a beautiful game. It brings people together. And I would love to see more English coaches go abroad. And, and, and certainly, just because after six months, I came away from this project It's not because I didn't enjoy it or I didn't adapt or, you know, it's easier to stay at home. You know, anyone that knows me knows that that's that's not not how I work and I love challenges. So my situation was purely on I didn't believe in the the plan the club was moving in. And then it's best to leave in that way because you're just one person inside a big organisation. And so I'm really looking forward to the next opportunity to work abroad again. And certainly in the future, it's not the last time I work outside England.
1: Okay, and finally, and probably most importantly, I mean, uh, surely, uh, how is how's your Brazilian barbecue and samba skills? <laughs>
0: well, my samba skills—anyone that knows me, I can't dance, so my samba skills are horrific. Um, but uh, my barbecue skills have improved because the staff—we used to have a barbecue from. Uh, every now and then and I've learned some skills of Rogério Sani how to uh, how to cook my churrasco in the Brazilian style which is wonderful and we used to sit down and they're very joyful people we sit down guitar was out we had to sing which means uh, my karaoke skills have improved my samba skills are still horrific mate so I won't be joining any of your video demonstrations <laughs> online because you were you moved certainly a lot better than me at this time so
1: yeah, well, my Sam skills definitely work as well as well, mate. Mickey, much appreciated. I'm sure everyone's uh, really appreciate you taking the time and uh, for explaining this, this, this momentous decision. And thanks very much.
0: Cheers, so all the best, mate. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the
0: mypersonalfootballcoach.com Soccer Player Development Podcast. MyPersonalFootballCoach.com's Dynamic Ball Mastery Program is the world's leading online individual technical training program, proven and developed at the highest level in the English Premier League. Sign up now to train like the pros and take your game to the next level. Master the ball, master the game.